0: It's time now for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Carrie Brinkater. Their guest today is Judge Bill Gravel.
1: We are in studio today with um, our special friend, Miss Carrie Brinkater. Hello, Miss Carrie.
2: Hello, Miss Evelyn. It's so great to be here with you today.
1: Well, it's great to be anywhere at this time in my life, believe me. Absolutely. Uh, we are excited because we are broadcasting today from uh, the bridge, 1120 Austin, Texas, and uh, it is Saturday's Christian Talk in the area from San Antonio all the way up to Hillsborough. Plus, it is worldwide as we are on the net now with Love Talk. And so we're excited to be here. And it's a beautiful time in Texas. The Blue Bonnets are out, Miss Carrie.
2: Oh, my stars. I, isn't it? It's just amazing. It, it, it's amazing. I love this time of year. The blues and the purples and the reds and the yellows and the whites that all come out. It, it's, it's stunning that we get to live here in this beautiful central
1: Texas. You know, I I feel that just about every day, but I especially like spring because the mm-hmm. blue bonnets are out. And the bridal weath, we have two huge bridal weefs. It looks like a bridal bouquet. And oh, wow. we've had a really uh, only one really bad storm I see through the winter and so we've lost some plants. But I do love the outside and but I tell you what's more important than that is the inside of our heart. Absolutely and we're gonna be talking about that today.
2: We are Ms. Evelyn, we have a great show planned for today. I, I do have to tell our listeners that you're wonderful, lovely, Miss Evelyn had a birthday this week and she is now eighty six years, years, <laughs> years young. And so we just want to officially uh, wish her a very happy and beloved birthday and another trip around the sun, Miss Evelyn. Well, and many, thank you. many more to you. You are such a blessing to me and to so many out there.
1: Well, thank you. It's because life is exciting because of what Jesus Christ has done and is doing and will do if we trust him. And and as we praise him so there some exciting things that have happened since last week our new book is out praising and praying across America
2: I have one in my hot little hand right here miss Evelyn thank you so much for bringing this to me uh, listeners this is going to be a wonderful book praising and praying across America so many phenomenal writers have spent their time uh, so that we can pray for our leaders of our nation and it's it's a very simple plan that miss Evelyn has set out here seven minutes a day and so I I would encourage you guys to to look at praising and praying across America. You can get it on the NDP National Day of Prayer website, mm-hmm.
1: NDPaustin.org. Yeah. dot ne, org, never, but not never, <laughs> national D daily prayer yeah. uh, dot org. So, well, it is exciting, but you know there are a lot of things that are exciting right now. I think Terry uh, and we um, we know that um, there are a lot of um, uh, things going on right now worldwide and even in our nation, and uh, our three our theme for this time uh, in the spring for love talk is the thrill of hope. you know we we all want hope, but the really the real thrill of hope is the love line of Jesus Christ
2: absolutely you know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy Miss Evelyn, and so many people lose their hope when they when they see. The enemy of Easter, as you like to call Satan, uh, uh, you know, just destroying their lives and sucking their hope. Mm -hmm. And I am so thrilled. This week, my family and I are embarking on a journey that we've never done before. We're packing up on Saturday with our church, and we are heading out 6 a.m. on Saturday morning and driving down to Matamoros, Mexico.
1: Really? And we
2: are going to Casa Casa Hogar, which is in Mexico, it is an orphanage, and there's about 200 children there. It's run by a pastor, um, Dr. Saul Camacho, and he's he's actually a medical doctor, but he was called to to run this orphanage and he's been doing it for years and years and i'm so excited my family's very excited we've been packing up all kinds of sports equipment that we can find and putting it together and we'll be heading out to take that to them this week and we're going to be gone all week um returning on friday and so we're we're incredibly excited my son has a heart for people um ever since he was a little little boy he said to me mama I want to give up my bedroom and I just want to get a bunch of bunk beds and we can just um, have children come live here that need mommies and daddies. Mm -hmm. And so I know this is going to really be a time that Blesses our family, and we hope we can bring some blessings to others uh, through our adventure. But we're taking 49 people from our church and another church and heading down there. So really excited to have the thrill of
1: hope this week. Well, I you'll be giving it away, and that's the most important thing. But we are we we are really thrilled today about something very special.
2: I tell you what, we have an amazing guest in studio today, listeners. Uh, we have Judge Bill Gravel in studio today. He is a Former pastor for 30 years, Judge Gravel was a pastor, 22 years as a youth minister, so you can imagine that he just has the most amazing personality to be 22 years as a youth minister, and today we are looking at law and grace through the eyes of a pastor. Judge Gravel was um, elected as Justice of the Peace four years ago in, in Williamson County, And he serves on many, many committees outside of the courtroom. His court has received, in just a mere four years, listeners, his court has received numerous awards. He's received numerous awards. And he's constantly busy um, trying to make our wonderful state and our county better. And uh, we are so thrilled to have Judge Gravel with us today. And he teaches life and life experiences as he presides over his courtroom. Welcome, Judge Gravel. We're so happy to have you today. Well,
3: Carrie, thank you so much for having me. And, Evelyn, I want to say to you, on behalf of the people of Texas, happy birthday. Well, thank you. (laughs) You do not look a day over 60. Oh,
1: come on now. I tell you, it's true. It's true. She she's so delightful. Oh well, I kid folks when they say something. Right now, I'm having to wear a hat because you know last fall I had the concussion. I'm still growing my hair back, but the you know people make comments. You mean you're that old? And, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, and uh, it's always interesting to see people's perspective. My usual um, response to that is, uh, I'm. I'm here just for a little while because <laughs> I'm looking toward heaven. But, you know, it is exciting, uh, Judge uh, Bill, that we have an opportunity in life to make differences in what God wants to do, not only in our life but in the lives of others. And uh, I know you're involved in a lot of judicial things. And, uh, you know, it—it it is important that we each one make an impact um, on the lives of others and you started out as a youth minister and you now you're a judge tell me how you made that long trip
3: well i have to tell you i uh, i grew up in round rock texas as a teenager i came to know christ at 16 years of age from a youth pastor who just lovingly shepherded me uh, into a relationship with christ i Went on and did my undergraduate work at the University of Mary Hardin-Baylor, and I met an amazing girl there by the name of Jill. I'm Bill. She's Jill, right? <laughs> oh, how lovely. We fell in love on the porch swing out in front of the Maybe Student Center, and that was 34 years ago. We've oh. been married for 32 years. Uh, we have two adult kids. We have four grandkids and the fifth one on the way. Yay. And so we've had uh, kids. Uh, when the kids left, we got a golden retriever, and now we have grandkids. So, Evelyn, I like to tell everyone if I could do the chronology a little better in my life, you know, if I could choose and be God, I would choose first to have the golden retriever. And then I would choose to have the grandkids yeah. and just not have the kids and, at all.
1: Just, just – just shrink that part where you have your own kids and every day is a crisis. Yes, right.
3: you know, uh, and that's why I, I, I had such a love and that's why I still work so much with teenagers. I, uh, as a teenager, on occasion, I made poor choices but I met a whole lot of people in my life with grace and uh, Mark Twain once said, Miss Evelyn, and I give this advice to parents, even in court that are struggling today with their teenagers, he said, the wisest thing to do with a teenager is when they turn 13 years of age, you need to buy an old whiskey barrel, you need to put the kid inside the whiskey barrel and n- nail the lid shut and feed them through the knot hole on the side. <laughs> And then Mark Twain said, and when they turn 16, it's time to plug the knothole. So, we we have all survived teenagers. So I uh, had uh, 22 wonderful years of youth ministry and youth evangelism traveling around our amazing uh, nation talking and uh, uh, for the Lord and uh, came back here. After my wife and I took our kids in high school, we lived for a year in the Dominican Republic. Uh, our daughter was a senior and her son was a sophomore, and we wanted to give them the opportunity mm, to see to what see. a third world country looked like, yeah. and uh, which shaped them to be amazing parents and adults today. So when we came back from there, we landed back in Georgetown at a really wonderful church. And the pastor there encouraged me to think about planning a church. And I thought, well, never done that before. And mm-hmm. I could try that. And, you know, uh, pastoring is not a lot different than youth ministry. You just run an adult daycare versus a juvenile daycare. <laughs> and so during all of that time, I volunteered with victim services at the Georgetown Police Department, and I saw victims of violent crimes. And I, mm. I came across a justice of the peace who I just deeply admired, uh, uh, Judge Steve Benton, and he was mm-hmm. so amazing and compassionate at death scenes. And as your JPs in Texas, that's one of our responsibilities that not many folks know. Um, but then I also had a chance to see him in court, and he was brilliant with teenagers. And I just said to him one day haphazardly, you know, if you ever don't run for office again, please let me know because I'd like to run to be justice of the peace. And a year or two later, he called me and said, you know what? You better get your pencil sharpened Mm -hmm. up. And all I did was pray, talk to a few friends, and receive the appointment of commissioner's court. Then I went on and was elected. And I tell folks every day, there's not a lot of difference between pastoring and judging. As a pastor, I would recommend to people how they should lead their lives, and they wouldn't listen, and then they would go out and fail, and then come back and ask for forgiveness. As a judge, I order people how to lead their lives, and now if they don't listen, I just put them in jail. So it works really creatively. But even in court, you know, we call it compassionate justice. We can hold people to the high standard of the law. But, but there are times when there needs to be some grace and compassion because just like me, we have teenagers and young adults that make those first-time mistakes. And I believe restoration is the right path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think we have to incarcerate, and I don't mind putting folks in jail and signing those arrest warrants. But I think we have to know the difference between the two. And I think the Bible calls that wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: absolutely. I'm
2: imagining that every day before you take the stand Judge Gravel you are praying up that uh, you're asking God for that wisdom as you go out there and and look at um, your, your cases for the day well listeners when we come back we have more great time with Judge Gravel we will start talking about some things that, that you're probably very interested in um, what Judge Gravel is doing outside the courtroom to, to help with our legislation here in Texas join us right after we come back
0: The world has changed. Getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality, and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you connect with your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company and the partner you can rely on to help navigate through ever-evolving digital landscape needs. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1%. 1-888-988-9736 18889889736 and visit texasseo.com or simply google Christian SEO company and you'll find us in the number 1 position.
4: road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellis and Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk.
0: Let's return now for more Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkhater, and their guest Judge Bill Gravel.
2: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk, 11:20 a.m. The Bridge. We are so delighted that you are here with us today, praising and praying across America with Miss Evelyn and the wonderful, fantastic Judge Gravel, Justice of the Peace in uh, Precinct Three in Williamson County. Judge, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, before we left for the break, you were telling us a little bit about yourself, but I think that maybe our listeners don't know exactly what you do on a day-to-day basis we'd like you to tell us a little bit about some of the um, organizations you're involved in outside of your regular justice of the peace duties and how those things are impacting texas
3: so in texas you may or may not know this but there are 254 counties and out of those 254 counties we have 821 justices of the peace in texas The Justice of the Peace um, typically has one of the highest volume courts in the state. The particular court that I lead, J.P. Court 3 in Williamson County, we're actually the 25th busiest judicial docket uh, for J.P. courts in Texas. In the last four years, my first four years in office, we have cleared 59,356 court cases. Off the bench, as a Justice of the Peace, I signed quite a few arrest warrants for our county and a bulk of the felony warrants. But in the last four years, I've signed 12,964 arrest warrants. And then off the bench, one of the tasks that the Justice of the Peace does, we're on call 24 hours a day, 365 Mm -hmm. days a year. But we're responsible for death investigations. We determine the cause and the manner of death, and uh, often you could be sitting in your courtroom in a robe and 30 minutes later be out on the side of the road for a tragic traffic fatality or uh, perhaps at a homicide scene or just uh, a tragic event of where someone dies. So in the last four years, I've uh, conducted 465 death inquests and I would say that's the part that's most weighty uh, upon your justices yes. of the peace is because you literally, I often tell folks, I'm walking into the worst day of their lives. And when I meet with families, Miss Evelyn, and this is what I learned from Judge Benton, I always get down on one knee, and I typically say something like this, Mom, I am here today because your son has died, and I'm deeply sorry for your loss. And on behalf of the great state of Texas and the people of Williamson County, I am heartbroken. And it is my responsibility and charge to determine the cause and manner of death. But I want you to know that we will do everything to honor you, your son, and honor Mm -hmm. our, our great state, Texas. And then I tell them I'm going to be praying for you. Is there anything that I can do for you? I stand up and give them a hug, but miss evelyn the 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 most difficult thing I do happens at that very second. I turn and walk away, mm-hmm. and the tears and the crying and the moaning um, is just really unspeakable yeah. and we we see folks on their worst days and for me, uh, the only way that I can survive this mentally and emotionally is uh, because of our Lord mm-hmm. and you know, when I go to work every day, Carrie, my prayer is, Lord, please don't let me mess up today mm-hmm. what you have planned <clears throat> for me. And, Miss Evelyn, my, my prayer is, Lord, I don't know where I will go today. You do. Yeah. Grant me wisdom as I go there. And so I'm blessed because I serve in Williamson County that's so close to our state's capital. I'm chairman of the Legislative Committee for Judges and Constables in Texas, and I testify uh On a regular basis as a witness, I was there this past Tuesday before two different committees on four or five different measures. I'm also blessed to serve on the State Judicial Council. I'm one of 12 judges that's been appointed to the Judicial Council by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Judge Heck. And on the Judicial Council, we set the policy and direction for all the courts in Texas. And most folks don't know this, but there are 2,808 courts in Texas. We, we are a big state, and and we are a good state. So I serve on the Judicial Council. There have been a couple of occasions where uh, Chief Heck has sent me off on special trips. I was honored to represent Texas and Washington, D.C. during the last administration. As we were talking about court cost fines and fees, and I'll never forget his admonishment. Now, Bill, you're going to Washington. They're a little more liberal than we are here in Texas. (laughs) A little
1: more. Wow. You need
3: to go there, be reverent, be Mm -hmm. judicial, and when they get to the letter T, Texas, stand for our values, make your statement, and then get on the plane and come home. Mm -hmm. And Uh I did. And I represented Texas that day, and it perhaps was more extreme than even I imagined. But uh, it's an honor to to represent not only our Lord but the great state of Texas. And it's a joy to be a part of the policy and the decision-making because literally what we do – you know, if you're signing 12,000, 13,000 arrest warrants, you're taking away people's freedoms and Mm -hmm. liberties. We need to make sure that we're doing it right and that it's fair, that we're being just – and we never need to forget this, that in America, everybody is innocent until
1: proven guilty. Yes. So. Yes. And we are protected by that to the extreme that um, we forget about it. We just often, you know, think, well, nobody's caring for me. or You know, there's no way that I can have justice. for in this land. That's what our forefathers laid out as a gift for us. Absolutely. And we celebrate it every day in every way. You know, um, Judge Gravel, um, you do a lot to maintain uh, truth and godly principles and true justice in the courts. Give us an example of how, um, how hard it is to go out there to a, to a household where there has been a tragedy or to even an automobile accident. I know people don't understand that about a judge. Right. They think you're just in that courtroom. But there's the nightlife.
3: Yes. So I... Uh gosh, I'll I'll never forget the day. It was a Saturday morning. It was my grandson Walker's first birthday. And I remember that because we had the Saturday planned and I'd uh, received a phone call from communications for what was believed to be a plane crash uh, east of Lake Granger in Williamson County, Texas. And I got geared up and I was heading that direction. And then the phone call started rolling in that it was more serious than we had thought. And When I arrived at the scene, um, it was just uh, visually complicated because uh, what was left of the plane was still on fire and, in fact, burned for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And we found out that it was a plane that had a capacity to seat 11 people. And so from our view, because we didn't have a manifest, we assumed that there were as many as 11 people that had uh, perished in the in the crash. So you show up to that scene as a justice of the peace. you're charged with the responsibility of my responsibility is to determine the cause and manner of death. And so what started out as a Saturday morning where I was going to Walker's birthday party ended up being a full day at a crime scene, um, which ultimately was uh, ruled as an accident. Uh, and there um, unfortunately were two loss of lives. But while you're at that scene, You may have as many as, uh, in that instance, there were 60 or 80 paramedics, firefighters, Mm. EMS, DPS helicopters were brought in. um, Family members came to the scene. And while you're trying to do your part and manage the scene, you hear yelling and screaming and weeping. And at the same time, you have all the media outlets that are there. So. Those are the times where you must have still and resolve inside of you. And I believe that still and resolve comes from the Lord. I think I'm a good judge, but I think I'm an exceptional judge when it comes to intense pressure. Uh, The more the pressure ratchets up, uh, the more solemn you become and the more weighty um, you are. I'll never forget, though. Can I just make this one last point? We had finished down there. And we literally worked for hours to honor the family and bring out Mm. all of the remains. And when we got up to the top of the hill, it was just fire and EMS and emergency services. Salvation Army had a cantina set up. It was, you know, everybody, probably at that time 50 or 60 volunteers. And we were about to load the deceased into the funeral home car. And I just said, would it be okay if we just made a circle here and we prayed. Mm. And I uh, I don't do that at all scenes, but I knew that day that it was our job to honor those deceased, to pray for their families, but to also pray, um, and hear me on this, for the new victims that were created. Because you had 40, 50 or 60 volunteers, some who had never seen what you know, had never seen it before and will forever remember that. And so that's a normal now, now not a plane crash isn't normal mm-hmm. every day but that is a normal day in the life of a justice of the peace last year there were over 21,000 deaths in Texas that were investigated by your JPs in your larger counties like Travis County or Bear County or Tarrant County they have medical examiner's office but in 240 counties out of the 254 you've got JPs getting dressed in the middle of the night from a deep sleep or walking away from your grandkids party and all of those things. And so I finished that night. I went home, and I smelled so bad because my clothes mm-hmm. reeked with fuel uh, that I did, I did what I do, and my wife clearly understands. I said, baby, I need a change of clothes in the garage. I changed uh, clothes, and I sat down for a few minutes, but then I had to go see my grandson mm-hmm. because it's uh, – you got to see life when you've seen death, and it's really complicated. So I, got, I missed his birthday party, uh, but I got to go hold him for a little while.
2: Well, uh, listeners, I, I tell you what, it's very comforting to me to know that we have a judge here that is so compassionate. And this is not just a job for him, as you can tell. This is uh, a passion of his, and he has been anointed by God. It's so Wonderful for me to hear that 59,000 cases in the last four years have been dealt with with uh, judicial compassion from a man who understands the term grace. Um, I, I go back to Proverbs 21:15. It says, "When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to the evildoers." And joy to the righteous and terror to the evildoers, knowing that uh, you're presiding with a hand of compassion and grace and looking through, um, looking at these people. With a godly lens, Judge, is, is really incredible. And your compassion with these heavy, heavy-hearted cases is, is really to be commended. And that's something that, that God has anointed you with. And uh, so, listeners, as we come back, we will we'll bring it to a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, I know this has been a little heavy. Um, Judge Gravel has a good time in his courtroom, and uh, I know that because I have set <laughs> in his courtroom. And when people walk in his courtroom, they are immediately put at ease. And so when we come back, we'll talk about a little bit of that. We'll also talk about uh, our Supreme Court nominee um, and see the judge's thoughts on constitutionalists. So, you will not want to miss it when we come back right after this on today's Christian Talk 1120 The Bridge.
0: Information you want on the world of culture, the world of entertainment, the world of finances. Information you need for your world. Today's Christian Talk 1120 The
6: Bridge. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as you town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design, but we're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel O'Clew is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us.
7: Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published by Monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net.
0: Back to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and their guest today, Judge Bill Gravel.
2: Hello listeners, welcome back to today's Christian Talk. I am Carrie Brinkater. I'm in studio today with the wonderful Miss Evelyn Davison, and we have Judge Bill Gravel with us today as well, who is uh, giving us a lesson on what it really means to be justice of the peace, and also how to rule with grace and, um, and, and just love and compassion. Judge Gravel, I know after 22 years as a youth pastor, you've got that in your bones. and your courtroom... Is quite fun. Is it fun? Well, yeah, yes. Now, I was not picked as a juror, so I did not stay through the whole process. But you make everyone just feel at ease when they come in. Something that I really loved was um, even asked kind of through the process, is there anyone here who is caring for an elderly parent or is caring for someone and really cannot, you know, serve today? If, if that is if that, if that is going on in your life please come up here and let's talk and there were maybe two people that went up out of you know the hundreds that were there that that had a story you know and i I just found that so uplifting and amazing that that you were even thinking that way judge judge give us a, a story or something about uh, how you how you enjoy your day
3: well we certainly have a good time in court miss Evelyn I must confess though when I walked in today and saw Carrie I thought I know her and I couldn't remember if it was from a visit perhaps at the county jail or perhaps she was (laughs) a defendant in court but now that I recall she was a a juror so every week we have a jury week and we have quite a few jurors that come in I love jury day Mm -hmm. it's the opportunity for the citizens to come in and see what's called the people's court right Mm -hmm. and so uh, we bring in potential jurors most of them are stunned at what we do Mm -hmm. in our judicial system and they're, they're excited about playing a role in that Carrie what I love about jury days is I don't have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of an air traffic controller, kind of keeping things rolling in the right direction, having a little fun, a little levity. So a few weeks ago, we had a, uh, a potential juror come up, and he asked for a discharge from jury duty. And I said, well, could you tell me why? And he said, well, yes, Judge, today's my 40th anniversary. And, uh, and he said, I, uh, my wife would like me to not have jury duty responsibility today. And I said, well, sir, what would you like?
0: <laughs> oh, and he
3: You're so he, slick. well he's you standing are. before a judge, you know, in a robe. It's high up. There's flags. There's deputies there with guns, and he did not answer. And I said, "So your marriage isn't working out for you. I want you to want you to know that uh, I do weddings on a regular basis, and if you need to renew your vows or if things don't work <laughs> out, come back and see me." And he jumped in and the judge. I'm sorry. I meant to say. You just make me nervous, Judge. I meant to say that I really would like to go home and surprise my wife, and I think he was going to go take her out to dinner. I encouraged him to be an honorable man and go home and clean the house for his (laughs) wife. He shared with me that that was outside of his lanes and that his wife said, you have lanes that you stay in, and I have lanes that I stay in. So – uh, which is wise that 's why he 's been married forty years, so Lades. we I have like we have a fun time in court, and uh, we enjoy it. We certainly deal with serious matters yes. but you know what you you can have a little fun and and carrie i 've learned too you know we do have a wonderful teen court program, but every Tuesday, we have a pet therapy dog that comes into court when her juvenile docket enters, please her name 's lady. Ladies, uh, a great Pyrenees, uh, a white golden retriever mix, uh, um, and she's just beautiful. But she normally works the crowd with the kids. You'd be surprised of kids that relax and mm-hmm. take a deep breath. They'll sit there and pet a dog and go, "Yeah, judge, I'm guilty." And here's what's going on. It's funny how a dog can yeah. de-escalate things. So sometimes the levity's appropriate. Sometimes the pet therapy's appropriate. And sometimes I've got to be hard judge, and that's appropriate. But we have fun. Because uh, it's our job to do a really good job. Our theme in our office is nice matters. Mm. I love that. And, you know, you think, well, you're a court. You shouldn't be nice. And I'm actually, I'm actually of the opinion that if anybody should be nice and kind and compassionate, it should be the judicial system. I strive every time we have inmates in court to enter pleas. I always bring them in front of everybody else. And regardless of whether you're standing in front of me in a striped uniform and handcuffs, I'm going to treat you with as much dignity and respect as anyone else because it's a difficult day for them. But the last time I checked, they were innocent until proven guilty, and they were worthy of respect. But we do have a good time, though. And, Carrie, I'm glad to see you outside of court. Yes, again.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a good court. <laughs> good court. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing a little bit about Jury Day and how you how you really enjoy that. I, I I love that you take pride and take joy in your job, and I think that people can really see that. Whenever you really love what you do... It just shines. It shines all over you and it shines through what you do. All right, let's get into we've talked a little bit about our local things here, Judge Gravel. I'd like to, to focus to turn our focus to a little bit more national national focus. We we've got a ton of things going on in our in our government. And we have a recent Supreme Court nomination in Judge Neil Gorsuch. He is said to be a strict constitutionalist and what, what does that mean, and do you feel that that is good for america right now
3: well I, I would say this i 'm um, most excited about the supreme Court uh, nominee. Uh, a strict constitutionalist simply means this he 's not going to sit the bench and for the rest of his life by the way, this is a lifetime appointment lifetime. it's pretty mm-hmm. serious he will yeah. he will cert- his his work if if uh, appointed uh, or confirmed by the Senate. His work will go on and impact our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids' generation. Uh, generation. So a strict con- constitutionalist is pretty simple. He looks at the law and reads it for what it is. He doesn't go in and try to legislate from the bench. That is the most harmful thing that occurs in the judiciary. You know, I, I referenced it a while ago, but we really do have lanes in government. The, over here at the Texas Capitol, their lane of government is writing the laws. And then adding the resources, funding there, the appropriations to make it happen. Same thing in Washington, D.C. But next door here in Austin and in Washington, D.C., you have your Supreme Court building. The judiciary is a completely separate branch of government. It's not my job when I testify before committees at the state or federal level to tell them how to spend the money. It's my job to tell them how it impacts our court. It's their job to make those decisions. What I'm most excited about with this Supreme Court uh, nominee is he knows what his lanes are, Mm. and he will stay in his lanes. And I think it's important that we have judges that stay in their lane. You know, someone once said to me, you know, the only difference between God and a judge is that God doesn't think that he's a judge. And I think it's important for judges to remember that we don't legislate from the bench Mm -hmm. and we just follow the law. Now, if the Texas House over here rewrites new law and says it's unlawful to wear a white cap inside of a building, we as judges, being a strict constitutionalist, we will follow that law and we will hold those individuals accountable and give them their fair day in court. But I think America is on the cusp of not just a great nominee here, but I think in the next three or four years, potentially we could see um, another uh, one or two nominees to the Agreed. Supreme Court. And, and, and that is monumental.
1: And that's something we need to pray about. Absolutely. Uh, it needs to be a matter of daily prayer. And we do that so uh, beautifully with National Day of Prayer every year. We have seven centers of power. We have divided one of those, the military. Uh, into um, police and um, and firefighters uh, uh, their first responders, right. and then um, the um, uh, the other two that make it possible for us to pray for all those that are involved as you are in. In tragedy as well as good times, you marry people as well as
3: I do. you bury them. Huh? I, I do, I do. I, I, can I encourage uh, the listeners in this? And this is uh, important to me. On a daily basis, you have judges that are dealing in matters that are significant. Mm-hmm. I handle death and dying, but we've got judges who are taking away people's freedoms and liberties, sometimes for a lifetime. I know some amazing, godly, and Christ-like leaders that wear a robe. And I would encourage you, you know, we, we pray for a governor. We pray for a lieutenant governor, the speaker, and perhaps our state reps. Have you ever thought about praying for your judges and praying for them to have wisdom and uh, have guidance? And and listen, there's a major legislative push this section, uh, this legislative session. For courtroom security. I mean, we just had a Travis County judge a few months ago that was viciously attacked mm-hmm. in our own front yard. Yes. Judges on a regular basis, and this you'll never hear a judge talk about this, but we're threatened on a regular basis. And so I, I, pray for our judges. Pray for their safety and their security. It's, it's not fun anymore when you go to work and a deputy follows you around mm-hmm. all day. That just reminds you of the weight of what you do. So pray for our judges.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Real quickly, Judge Gravel, can you tell us the the process of confirming a judge to the Supreme Court?
3: So they're nominated by the president, and then the president sends his nomination to the Senate, and then it's confirmed by the Senate. And once the Senate has made that confirmation, and I think it's a simple majority. I, I'm I'm not a legislator, so don't quote me on I that. I think one.
2: it is a simple majority. I think you're correct. And then
3: once they are confirmed, then they are sworn into office.
2: Um, How long do you think this is going to take?
3: Well, I think that we're living in amazing times, and I think that it will. Um, let me give you a judicial answer. It will be sooner much rather than later. And so I I think it will happen and it will happen, I believe, in God's time.
2: Uh, excellent. Hey, that, that is such a very politically correct answer. I, <laughs> I, I, I love it. And biblically correct. Biblically correct. I do think that uh, things will move, move quickly with, with this judge. I really do hope so. Listeners, we, we are almost to the end of our program. We have one segment left. We'll be back right after these messages from our wonderful sponsors. And don't forget to, to listen every Saturday. We are here on Love Talk with Miss Evelyn and Coach Carrie Brinkgater, sometimes Kathy Endebrock, but we're always here on Saturdays at 2 o'clock. So please don't forget to join us every Saturday and join us right after the break. We'll talk to Judge Grabelle about what is justice and how does God define justice. Galatians 6.9, right after the break. Today's Christian Talk, 1120 a.m., The Bridge.
5: Tim Smith landscaping. Wow. Or www.timsmithlandscaping.com.
0: One more segment of Love Talk right here on the Bridge 1120 with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkhater. Their guest today is Judge Bill Gravel.
2: Hello, listeners. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk, 1120 AM, The Bridge. We are here in beautiful Central Texas. Thank you for listening to us online. You can catch us always online at the app, The Bridge, 1120 AM. You can get that for your cell phone, and that way you can listen to us even if you're not by radio. We'd love to have you. We're also on the web. Don't forget about that. And We're going to get Judge Gravel to tell us a little bit today about... What is justice, and how does God define justice? Judge Gravel, I have a verse for you, um, because I know that so many times in our jobs, and I felt like this a lot when I was coaching college women. If you can imagine, 18- to 22-year-olds, every day is an adventure. And, um, I had <laughs> or a to, nightmare. Oh, uh, Miss Evelyn, <laughs> thank you. That is exactly right. There were some days uh, that... Um, my, I, I got a knock on the door at, uh, oh, you know, 2 a.m., and I was like, oh, no, this cannot be good. And so I understand <laughs> oh, I- the phone calls uh, in the middle of the night. Um, Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. We will, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Judge Gravel, I feel like that is... Uh, That's very applicable to what you do, um, that we need to pray for you to not grow weary and to seek God's face every day. Talk to us a little bit about how you think God defines justice or what the Bible says about justice.
3: So I think uh, from a viewpoint of a a judge, uh, what, what justice is, it's an ability to look at people, to look at the law as a judge and follow the law, but to look at people with the compassionate eyes of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there has to be a balance. We certainly can be uh, heavy-handed as a judge, and uh, we can lose that ability to uh, be compassionate. And And I think after so many cases, there's the potential to just treat it like another case. That's that's one of the things that I admire the most about my friends in the judiciary. They inspire me that we look at each case individually. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in, in our court, we have a teen court program, and teen court is an opportunity for kids who have made that first offense mistake. For example, a kid and minor in possession of alcohol, which certainly that's a criminal act, but the question we have to ask is, do we want to put that 16-year-old and give them the maximum fine, put it on their record, which stays on their record permanently, so when they do go to college, it's going to see that they have a criminal conviction on there. We need to hold our kids accountable. That's what the law says and what justice would do. But is justice served by just a conviction on that kid's record and a high fine, or is justice served by giving that kid an opportunity to uh, right a wrong? So we have a teen court program. Uh, which means kids come back every Tuesday and Thursday night, or Tuesday nights. We call it night court, and it's teenagers are there. They're the prosecutors. They're the defense attorneys. We have a senior that serves as a judge. We have jurors. But every kid who complies with the court's order and enters a plea of guilty in court, I give them an option of teen court if it's their first offense.
1: How exciting. Uh,
3: What's interesting about the teen court is this past year, and by the way, at teen court, you're punished by your peers. And are you ready? Here's what the punishment is. It's community service. It's not dollars. So that first offense uh, drinking that that child had, maybe at a pool party or at some friend's party, they have to do 30 to 40 hours of community service. There's a couple of uh, great things that occur there. One, they're given back to their community. Two, they're learning a lesson. Last year in our court, we had kids serve over 2,500 hours of community service in uh, Williamson County and Northern Travis County. And we also, with all of those kids that have gone through a teen court program last year, we only had 2 reoffend. So, So wow. was, was wow. justice served? I think so. Um, because we're seeing that when, you have a, when you're tough on kids uh, and you hold them accountable, that uh, grace is really appropriate. So that's, that's the balance between justice and grace. Now, if that kid's back in court and we've had some more reoffending, then we've got to get serious. And, and more serious would be alcohol awareness classes, alcohol counseling, and even drug assessments. Um, one of the things we do amazingly well in Williamson County, and again, we're just one of 254 counties in Texas. Mm-hmm. But what we do in the area of juvenile services, uh, our juvenile services director, Scott Matthew, our juvenile just district judge, Judge Stacy Matthews, the most incredible jurist that I know that sits the bench for kids' cases. Judge Matthews deals with the darkest felonies uh-huh. that are all juvenile-related, but but we work together to provide the resources to help kids kind of get out of the ditch. We talked earlier about legislation. There's a major legislative push to raise the age of juveniles in Texas. Currently, it's up to age 16. So that 17-year-old who commits a crime is treated as an adult versus a juvenile. Hypothetically, a couple of boys, three boys are together and had something to drink at a party, and they take a baseball bat, and they go outside, and they crash or cave in the windows to a car. Well, that's certainly something unlawful and criminal that's occurred. But what's happened as 317 17-year-olds, they're treated as adults. It's a third-degree felony, and are you ready for this? There's three or more kids involved, so it's considered an organized criminal act, and they're charged with organized crime. Now, do those kids need to be held accountable? Do they need to be punished? Do they need to pay restitution? Do we need to talk and work with them about alcohol and alcohol use? Absolutely. But under current Texas law, they're treated like adults, and that uh, puts them on the path for a criminal justice system. There's two things about a criminal justice system. If you go to the county jails, you'll discover that uh, across the board, that 80% of the inmates on average do not have a high school education. So education is an important path to keep people out of jail. Secondly, you'll determine that sometimes 80 to 90% of those that are incarcerated are there on drug-related charges. Uh, Drugs are devastating our nation, and uh, it is just really devastating for our nation. So if we can get people clean, we can get kids clean, we can get them educated, and we can get them out of high school – I promise you that the chances of them reoffending or ending up in our correctional system is considerably low. So justice and grace is really important um, because I think the Lord gave us all a second chance, didn't he? Yeah, and,
1: absolutely. And, and, Praise
3: the Lord. And, and I'm glad that He gave me a second chance mm-hmm. because I'm not perfect. So, my life verse, um, and you know, we go in different phases and we have different verses, but this really has been my life verse. I learned this as a teenager. First Bible verse I memorized Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. And I have just learned as the Lord's led me through uh, some pretty amazing opportunities in life. And it doesn't matter if I'm standing beside the Chief Justice, by the Governor, or by the President of the United States, that it's the Lord who made that path for me. And if I um, am faithful, if I am silent, if I listen to Him, God's going to take you to places that you never, as the Word of God says, ask for or could ever imagine, and it's a great place to be.
2: Thank you for not putting God in a box. You know, I think uh, that is one of one of my faults. As we, I, you know, I put God in this box and say, "Oh, oh Lord, you know, I I, I can only do this." Well, God says, oh, wait a minute, Carrie, that box does not have four (laughs) sides. And I'm coming right out of the top of that. Um, And I think, you know, with your life story, that's exactly what you've done is you haven't put God in a box. You said, okay, Lord, uh, I'll I'll be a pastor for 30 years, a youth pastor and a pastor for 30 years. I'll start a church. Oh, wait, you want me to be a justice of the people? Oh, okay, I'll do that too. And now you've just blazed trails and I think it's phenomenal. Okay, Judge Gravel, you've, you've shown so much compassion to all of these people throughout the years. Tell me about the thank you notes that you get. I, I'm sure there's plenty and I'm sure that that's what keeps you energized and um, able to not grow weary.
3: So in, uh, in my office, I have a couple of uh, wooden cabinets and they're they're not just thank-you notes, but they're thank-you letters. I have an amazing picture that's hanging up uh, from a young lady who might have been in trouble with the court and a wonderful artist. And I look at that picture every day, and I can just see her eye piercing me as I sit there. But then below it in that frame is a thank-you note. Mm-hmm. And I, you know... I believe that we're Jesus with skin on,
7: mm-hmm.
3: and if we honor the Lord and follow the Lord, r- regardless of whether you're a lawyer or a coach or a retiree or stay-at-home mom, that if you're Jesus with skin on, that the thank you and the accolades, uh, the Lord uh, will um, provide. In in many ways, you know the the most important thank you note I ever received was from a mother of where I pronounced her child dead. Mm -hmm. And she just sent me a note and said, Thank you for your compassion, kindness, and frankness during my worst day ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just... uh, I just try to do the right thing every day and not put God in a box. And I've also learned, too, Carrie, that God doesn't need my help.
2: <laughs> I know, right? He's really successful
3: <laughs> without me. I just, you know, Henry Blackaby once said, discover where God's at work and join mm-hmm. him there. Remember oh, that? And that's what, that's what my life journey's been. So.
1: Well, you are a great example of a man that um, has a sensitivity to those that are needy, first of all. And those that do need justice. And the thing about it, um, Judge Gravel, is that Jesus stands in that position for us, for each of us. And he says to us, just come to me the way you are. Just come to me. And that is justice. Just come to me the way you are because I want to take your life. And I want to make it meaningful. I want to make it powerful. I want to lead you in the paths of right living and righteousness. Tell our audience how they can get in touch with you if if there is a person out there that just really does have a desire to speak to a man of justice that has a heart for God. Well,
3: I, I would tell you that uh, the, the best way to uh, get in touch with me is to go to our county website and just okay. look up Williamson. Well, just Google uh, Bill Gravel, and I promise you that it will come up on the Internet. And uh, just link on that, and it would put you in touch with uh, our chief of staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think our role in life, um, as the O Swiss climber, it said over his uh, burial spot in the Swiss Alps that said he died climbing. And I think... You know, I'm going to die climbing, and then I'm going to wake up the next day. Not really, but I'm going to get up, and I'm going to be in heaven. Mm-hmm. And my vision of heavens a pretty amazing place. I've got a pretty nice mansion decked out the way I want. Across the street, I have my Starbucks free coffee Uh-oh. on <laughs> the Uh-oh. corner. I've got Round Rock Donuts and diagonal to that. I get to go to a worship center that seats maybe like $8 billion, yeah. and we get to worship Christ. So I, uh,
1: What a wonderful challenge for each of those that are listening to us today, Judge Gravel. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ms. Carrie. This has been a wonderful program today, and we want to ask our audience to pray for you, Judge, because we are called to pray for those in authority over us, Mm -hmm. those that do administer love, justice, peace. And uh, you do that so well, and we just really appreciate your being with us today. And I would say to you, if you're listening to us today, right here at the end of this program, you have an opportunity to stand before the justice hall of all the kingdom, and that is Jesus Christ. He has come that you might have life and have it abundantly, have it in a in a way that would make a difference, not only in your life, but the life of those that you love as well. And Jesus knows you, who you are. He said in Psalm 139, God's Word said, I know the day and I know the hour that you were born, and I have a plan for your life. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to do to know this kind of life? You, first of all, have to admit that apart from Jesus Christ, you don't have a love life. You'll not receive justice. You You will receive a charge. And then that you believe that He is God's Son and that you accept His love the gift of His forgiveness and His justice on your life, and then that you would confess that you need Him in your heart, that you cannot be what He's designed you to be apart from who He is and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit as you move and love and even report for duty through your own life. If you have done that today, you can do that. If you've not done that, you can do that today. Give us a call on our love line at 512-249-6535 and uh, let us know how we can help you. If you don't have a Bible, uh, call us on the love line and we'd be happy to send you a copy of God's Word and a plan that He has for your life. In the meantime, we just thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in a copy of of, um, of the Good News Journal of the um, new book that we have praising and praying across America you can do that at mdpaustin.org or you can make reservations for the governor's prayer breakfast at that same site thank you again for joining us and until next week may you live under the justice of God's love because he loves you